Today is the 5th of July, 2021. So that we, the reason that we come here together to practice together to sit in meditation is for the purpose of bringing our minds to peace. What we call Sama Samadhi, which is the correct, the right, firm establishment of the heart. So when we study at school, then we need a mind which is firmly established like this. We need samadhi. And while we're studying, we don't have samadhi, or our attention span is short. Then we won't know what it is that the teacher is trying to tell us. And it's similar for those who come to ordain. Uh, They take on the robes, but the mind is always distracted and never in a state of peace. And so samadhi just can't arise. This is because the samadhi, or the attention span, is too short. So the samadhi that we develop and that we gain needs to be in line with right view. So the purpose of the samadhi is for the sake of freedom. That once we gain the samadhi, then we use that to contemplate into nature, into the nature of change and stress and not self, anicca, dukkha, anatta. And that nature is this way, things exist like this. So we must train ourselves in samadhi in order for it to develop into wisdom and really firmly train ourselves in this way. Because the wisdom that we gain from meditation, this knowledge that it brings up, is able to cure all of the delusion within our hearts. And so this inner darkness, the blindness of the mind, This is avijja, which is delusion. And when does this arise? Well, it arises right here in the present moment. When there's a feeling that occurs. So we see that as humans, we have eyes, we have ears, we have a nose, a tongue, a body, and a mind. And it's also natural that there are things, objects in this world. So there are forms, and sounds, and odors, tastes, and those tactile sensations, and there's also thoughts and emotions. So for these to be cognized, um, there needs to be many factors um, that come together. So for a form or for sight, we need an eye which is functioning, and there also needs to be a form with its colors and light as well. And if all of these come together, then it will meet with the nervous or the nerves in the eye, and then sense consciousness of sight arises, and we feel that we see something. But when this feeling of seeing comes up, then ignorance also comes up to tell the mind, to teach it, that It's me who sees, this is my sight. And when it's me who is seeing, 
then there will be emotions, an emotional response, uh, one of happiness, of sadness, of anger or fear. But the truth is that if one of these factors is missing, if there isn't any light, but the eye is functioning well, then there won't be any perception of sight. Um, if there's light and form, but the eye is blind, then this vijnana, sense consciousness, won't arise. And if there's light and there's an eye which is functioning well, but there's no form, then there will also not be any sight that occurs. And what this shows us is that each time there's a feeling of sight that arises, this is just nature functioning. This is just vijnana, sense consciousness. And it's also true for the other feelings of the other sense uh, faculties, the smells that we receive, the things that we hear, uh, the tactile sensations, and the tastes. And so we've all experienced delicious tastes before. We all know what that's like. And uh, when this taste meets with the tongue, then there's knowledge of that. But we also see that when all of these things gather together in the stomach, and then they pass out the other end, then nothing within that is desirable, that no one wants to eat any of that. But still we attach to these things. We attach to flavors, we attach to touches, to tactile sensations. And really what we're clinging on to is the pleasure um, of those, the sukha vedana. So we need to reflect upon this need to bring up wisdom and contemplate, and use samadhi as the foundation in order for it to develop wisdom. And this is important, using samadhi to develop wisdom. So we must be developing and having a lot of mindfulness. We need to be always reciting our meditation words or mantras, and using mindfulness to direct the mind. Because if we just allow the mind to follow all of these sense impressions throughout the day, we just leave it to do as it will. Then when we come to sit in meditation, it's very difficult for the mind to experience peace. So we need to train our minds a lot to really be bringing up this faculty of samadhi. It's common in the beginning for practitioners to become discouraged. And they think, well, this is just so difficult, it's too difficult, that I've been meditating for a long time and I still haven't experienced any peace. But it's just they haven't reached that point yet. And if we want to get to that point, we have to put in the causes. We have to be reciting these meditation words and just do that a lot and do it often, do it frequently, just carry on. Always be meditating, cultivate the mind a lot. Or we can contemplate a lot. And this is for the purpose of kind of having mindfulness there with the mind. So that these two things, they become one and the same thing. Mindfulness and the mind itself come together. And Buddha and the heart, they become stuck to one another. 
they attach to one another and they become the same thing. So we don't let the mind think about other things. And we can just use this word, this meditation word of Buddha, uh, the recollection of the Buddha. And even though it's something very easy, it's actually quite difficult to do. Sometimes doubts, questions arise in people's minds. When I recite the word Buddha, then what will I get? When peace arises, then what's going to happen? What will I get from that? And these doubts can bar the way, they can obstruct the path. So we need to put these thoughts down. And when the great teachers, they tell us to recite Buddha, then we believe them, and then we do it. And in the end, the mind will reach peace, and understanding into the state of reality will arise. And here the mind becomes empty, becomes radiant, and eventually we see all things as being empty. And that emptiness is Buddha, is this nature of awakening. And this nature of awakening is within all things. So therefore, when we practice, when we put in our efforts, we shouldn't throw away our efforts. We shouldn't abandon them, but rather set our hearts on it. And we try to be close to the wise, because wise beings, sages, they'll help to pull us um, into meditation, to motivate us to meditate. Perhaps in our houses we may have a room uh, set aside for chanting and meditation. And we can chant it so 108 times every day in there. And there are some people who have recited Itipiso um, 84,000 times already. And the goal of this chanting is to train ourselves in mindfulness and to recollect the Buddha. And this is a great form of merit. And in the end, this recollection of the Buddha, this chant of Itipiso, it goes very deep uh, within our brains. And we can hear this sound of the chanting of Itipiso kind of reverberating within our heads. And so this can go very deep within the mind, um, this meditation. And so we don't allow the mind to think about other things. And in doing so, it will experience peace. It will be able to pass over any obstructions. This is something that we can do. We can overcome these difficulties. And then we succeed in our goal temporarily. And it's natural some days that we'll feel peaceful and we feel very at ease. Um, it's comfortable on those days. But the days when we don't experience much peace, then they can be a whole bit chaotic. But we shouldn't be concerned about that. The days when we're able to see the drawbacks in the cycle of sangsara, of birth and death, will be the days that we'll have a lot of energy to practice the Dhamma. But during the days that we don't see these drawbacks, then there can be a lot of chaos. And it's like the mind can fall into hell. That The defilements, they come up and they pull us down. And they don't allow us to practice the Dhamma. And they don't allow us to practice renunciation or to ordain or to meditate. So we need to put up a fight. And we need to struggle with these defilements. 
And as we're fighting like that, it's normal that there's going to be quite a lot of difficulty. It's going to be a lot of suffering. But we just carry on doing it. When we are close to the wise, they can teach us the Dhamma in a way that allows us to understand. And then through that, we can make the firm decision that we are going to take this way. We're going to practice this path. And we really firmly, absolutely decide that, that we'll take this way. That we're going to practice and develop samadhi, develop mindfulness, so that wisdom can arise. This wisdom which is able to free us from suffering. But this is something that's not easy to do. Some people, they gain the faith to ordain, but later on they become discouraged, they lose heart. And the defilements are constantly afflicting their minds. And so they lose their motivation, they become more and more discouraged. And it's like their mind just falls into the current of the world, this worldly stream. But then perhaps they see the noble truth of suffering once more, and then they regain their efforts to practice. And there are instances of this during the time of the Buddha, but not so many. And there's one that I know about and I've studied about. There was one monk who gained the faith to ordain, but then he became weary with the holy life. And so he left the robes and returned to lay life. And then he ordained once more as a monk, and this happened seven times. And on the seventh time, he thought to himself, I'm not going to disrobe again, I'm not going to become a lay person again. And he carried on practicing and eventually saw the Dhamma clearly. He saw how all material things, all mental things, are not self, are anatta. And so his mind changed and there was no longer any desire to disrobe. In the end, he was able to reach his goal, he was able to attain to the Dhamma. So for us, we should set our hearts on this. And it doesn't matter how many times we fall down in the practice, never give up. When you fall, then don't give up, don't lose heart. And even though it's normal, and it's okay to become discouraged at times, don't give up, don't lose heart. Just keep going forward, and keep striding forward. And in the end, we'll need to meet with some good things, we'll need to get good results. So we follow the Buddha, we follow the teachings of the Buddha, the Dhamma which he taught well. And no one's it changed this Dhamma and something that the wise know for themselves. So the Buddha taught us to really look at this Dhamma, this well-taught Dhamma, to seek it out, to look and see that it is this way, and that physical things are like this, that mental things are like this, that they change, they're unstable, like this, that they're stressful like this, they're not self like this, it's not otherwise. So when this is the case, why don't we hurry up to walk this path? We see that with most people in this world, that if they hear about a mountain which is filled with gems, 
filled with precious stones and diamonds, perhaps um, in the Himalayas, and there's no one living there. But they know about this mountain, which is filled with these precious stones. And then that person would feel like they had to travel there no matter what. Even if they walked, they would, if they had to walk, they would still go. And then when they got there, if, even if there was no machinery to dig these up, they would just use their own hands. They would do that manually. And then they would put in all their efforts to carry these precious stones back with them. And this is because they see that these things are valuable. They see that these things are worth a lot of money. And this has happened throughout history. It kind of just depends upon the era. You see that there are some times within history that there have been gold rushes and people really frantically try to dig up this gold. So why don't we put our efforts into changing our hearts, into bringing about this inner change, making the mind go from one thick with defilements to a beautiful heart, to a noble heart, And we do this through the practice. So why don't we find this inner wealth? Why don't we find this gold within our hearts? Why don't we find an inner refuge? So we just carry on practicing in this way, developing our hearts like this. And in the end, we'll have to meet with success if we practice without stopping. So may all of you set your hearts on this.